Welcome back to the Tank Care Business Podcast. This is your host, Dan Trottencheck. And today we are talking about online and e-commerce. And, and I think I said this a few episodes ago, this is gonna kind of be one of our soapbox issues throughout the year coming up where we really want to focus on how independent retailers can get more engaged in this kind of online e-commerce sphere because it's my personal belief that not only, well, I mean, we'll just disregard, you gotta be involved in this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tired of, and, the, and most people have evolved beyond the discussion of do we need to do it or don't we need to do it? You need to be involved in it, but I am thoroughly convinced that independent retailers can have a market advantage in online and e-commerce because it is so well tailored to all the things independent retailers are good at. And today we're talking to Nick Tallarico and he is new, the new Do It Best Vice President of e-commerce. He's, he's a Do It Best veteran. He was there for a, a long time, but he just stepped into this role. And we're gonna talk with Nick about what Do It Best is doing to help uh, their members get involved in e-commerce, but also just talk about what kind of role e-commerce plays in this kind of new retail environment we have around. We talk about music, we talk about Rocky Balboa, all kinds of stuff. So hang in there, stay tuned for a word from a sponsor, and we'll be right back to talk to Nick Tallarico about e-com. When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz Liquid Plant Food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfurt.com Schultz. The National Harbor Show will return to the Las Vegas Convention Center in the West Hall on April 5th through the 7th, 2022 for its 76th edition. Whether you're looking to reconnect with customers and colleagues, discover the latest trends in the hardware and home improvement industry, or explore new products and innovations, NHS will provide you with the tools you need to grow your business. Register today at nhs22.com NHPA. You can also stay up to date all year round with the NHS community through NHS Connects, our digital hub for insight, discovery, information, and connection. Hey everybody, welcome back to the program. And Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, first, welcome to Taking Care of Business for the first time. And why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background and how you kind of moved into this new position with Do It Best. Hey, thanks a lot, Dan. It's, uh, it's great. It's great to be with you today. Uh, certainly excited about participating on the podcast with you. Yeah, uh, so I've worked, at, I've worked at Do It Best now for... Well, let's see, almost 13 years. And actually prior to that, Do It Best was a client of mine for about four years before that. So I have about 17 years or so working uh, with, with Do It Best, and it's been just an incredible experience. Uh, so when, when Do It Best was a client of mine, I was actually in public accounting. Oh. So that was kind of my first real job uh, outside of school. I was in the mortgage business before that and then went into uh, public accounting. Do It Best was a client of mine. Uh, when Doug Roth, who's now our CFO, brought me onto the Do It Best team, I worked with him in the audit department here and was there, ran that department after Doug got promoted uh, for several years. And then after a little bit of time, thought, you know, there's more to life than just finance. 
And uh, as a finance guy, that that hit me kind of hard. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I want to get into maybe operations. So I actually worked on our merchandising team for about oh, four good. years, had several buying departments uh, report up to me. And then there was an opportunity to run the sales team. And I did that for just over five years, which was an awesome opportunity to uh, to meet our members, uh, have way more interactions with them. And I've really enjoyed that until a couple months ago when I was asked if I would try this, uh, this venture in e-commerce. So yeah. not the path that you often think of uh, when, when someone uh, goes into e-commerce or even sales before that. So I would tell you, though, the common thread for me is I've always been asked to be the agent of change yeah. in the department. And so whether that was audit, which we didn't really focus on financial audits, it was more operational opportunities that we worked on, uh, merchandising, sales, doing a big culture change in sales and a strategic shift there. And then now e-commerce, the common thread is just what are the opportunities and how do we change to make sure we capitalize on them? Well, obviously times are changing. So change is kind of a topical thing. But one thing I always like to talk about when you're talking about e-commerce or retail experience or whatever it is, we're all consumers, you know, right. and sometimes if you're so knee deep in any part of it, if you're a retailer running your store or if you're working for a company like like NHPA or do it best. Sometimes we're so close to it that I like to step back and think about with your cons uh, consumer experiences, you know, how do you interact with retailers? So I wanted to ask you as we go down this road, what is kind of like your favorite online retail store? What do you like to shop and what, where have you kind of had a good experience in that regard? So, so maybe, maybe before I answer that question, cause it's going to be a, it's, I'm not going to pick someone in, in hardware retailing. Yeah. You probably don't so, want to choose that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to prettiest. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I don't want to do that. Although there are certainly some fantastic folks that, that we do business with some of the independent retailers that we deal with sure. are just wonderful business wonderful businesses. So before I go into that, I would, I would just say maybe on the personal side about me, uh, married for 18 years, I have three boys, uh -huh. 15, 12, and five. And, uh, some of the things that I do when I'm not working or spending time with the family is, is in music. Oh, so I've, I've played guitar since I was 18 years old. I've played and sang led worship at church for nice. a couple dozen years. Uh, so I, music is in my blood. And that leads me to answer your question, which is, which is my favorite online retailer short of, uh, store to shop? And I would tell you my favorite is a local company called Sweetwater Sound. Oh, yeah. They're I know based, Sweetwater well. Yeah. Yeah. Right here in Fort Wayne. If you've not checked them out, sweetwater.com. What I love about Sweetwater is they are a phenomenal online retailer coupled with a destination retail presence. Right. They know their niche very well and everything in their business goes that way. They, they have, uh, they were recently owned all by one person, mm -hmm. a billion dollar company. Last year he sold at least a portion of his business to private equity uh, but they've just done some amazing things uh, here. But they're all about music, instruments, uh, live sound, everything that you 
think could go into a, an amphitheater, a church, uh, or a home. Well, Nick, as a fellow musician, I'm very familiar with Sweetwater, and I, I think that that is a great recommendation because, and it's, and again, I would underscore your encouragement for retailers to check out Sweetwater's uh, website. And there's a couple of things that they do very differently that are very important to um, their uh, customers. One is um, that they actually put pictures of the actual instruments you're buying, as opposed to, I'm going to use a, um, a standard shot that Fender provides us of their Stratocaster. They mm -hmm. actually show the actual instrument you're buying. They actually give you the weight of the actual instrument you're thinking about buying, which is very important to a, a lot of musicians. Um, and, and you, like you indicated, it's such a great marriage of a brick and mortar facility um, and this online effort that there's people that know Sweetwater who don't even really, I mean, they, they only know Sweetwater.com and they don't know that there's actually a physical presence but their physical presence is amazing. It's a, I mean, you could buy everything from a ukulele to a grand piano in there. And then they have live events throughout the year and so on. And the thing that I like most that most people who, who do business with Sweetwater um, is the little personal touches. Like they always send candy in whatever order you get. They throw a handful of Tootsie Rolls and, and Jolly Ranchers and stuff like that in the box. And so you get your pedal or whatever it is you've ordered from them. And, and there's also a little nice treat in there for you. And it's just a kind of a, a very unique way that they're approaching e-commerce through Sweetwater. So great call on that. Well, I, I got to tell you one thing about their candy. I don't know if you know this or not, but they are so focused on customer service there that if you call them, they log everything. Oh, yeah. As you're talking to their your sales uh, your sales staff there, and if you tell them there's a certain kind of candy, I only want, you know, uh, Red Hots. Yeah. They will make sure that that's the candy that you get going for them. So it's that kind of attention to detail. And I would say you're right. The 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 presence here in Fort Wayne's fantastic. If you're ever in the area check out Sweetwater on US 30. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, it's fantastic. So really good call on that. And it's so, it's so uh, it, like I said, it's also so appropriate for, for our industry where you are seeing people trying to kind of blend their, kind of seamlessly blend a retail experience along with an online experience. So you and I could probably talk about Sweetwater and we're not even going to get into guitars because we could probably talk about, maybe <laughs> we'll do a separate podcast on that. But but let's talk a little bit about Do It Best's e-commerce initiatives. Why don't you tell us now, you've stepped into this role. Uh, tell us a little bit about why is e-commerce right now such an important focus for Do It Best? Yeah. And so the first thing, Dan, would be that, you know, e-commerce is not new for Do It Best. Sure. We've been in e-commerce since uh, 1999, you know, and we've had a presence in that. But what we're talking about now is an enhanced focus, uh, additional resources to really drive and make sure our members can capitalize on what we're seeing out there in consumers' shopping behaviors. And I thought maybe one thing that we could we could talk about a little bit was the difference between online shopping and online buying. Okay. Because yeah. to to me there's a diff there's a, a really important difference. I think you might hear that we're doing this new initiative is all about 
making sure customers have an ability to buy online. Sure, customers are going to buy online. But when I get home at night and I'm getting ready for bed, I'm pulling out my phone and I'm shopping, even if I don't click the buy button, specifically on wants, maybe not needs. Yeah. But if you think of how our some of our best members uh, operate, they have those wants. What are they known for? And it, they're focusing, we should focus on that, on what are those customers want so, right. so that we can take up mind share on people shopping online. Then they can drive consumers into their store and then help them in, and add additional value there. So why are we doing it now? We see a tremendous growth opportunity here. Uh, Dan Starr, our president and CEO, was in a podcast not too long ago talking about it. I was going to reiterate it. $100 billion in retail, in e-commerce by 2024. Mm -hmm. And 50% of that is going to be buy online, pick up in store, right. BOPUS. So that's a huge number. There's an opportunity out there for independent retailers, especially in BOPUS, especially in same-day in-store pickup where I think independent retailers can really differentiate themselves from our competition is when those customers enter the store. And what our research has shown is 50 to 85% of all shoppers make additional purchases right. when picking up in the store. That's a huge opportunity for those add-on sales. And then I just think we all have to, as independent retailers, have the scale to complete, compete with significant competitors in the marketplace. So there's an opportunity for sure. And then the other side is, is you know, Dan, out of fear. You're either selling on greed or you're selling on fear. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think if there's anything the pandemic's taught us is consumer shopping behaviors are going, they have changed, they're going to stay this way. Right. They use e-commerce today. They've made new habits. These are not going away. And your competitors are doing it. So at the end of the day, our view is it's just commerce. Right. That It's just commerce. It needs to be woven into the fabric of your business. It's just commerce. Well, you know, you, you touched on a really uh, a number of topics there that I think are so important to, to, to underline. One is that if it wasn't too long ago that I was giving presentations in the industry where we were trying to convince retailers that they needed a website. When I say not too long ago, I'm talking about maybe three years ago. And I would get pushback from some retailers saying, oh, my customers don't want a website. Now, we're not even talking about e-commerce online. Yeah. And now this pandemic has accelerated so many trends and I've used this in, in, in some other scenarios where I talk about how my wife never, ever before the pandemic purchased groceries through an app or did online, pick, or, uh, online ordering and at store pickup for groceries. Now, if my wife has to go to the grocery store for something, she's angry. She's like, oh, I forgot to put this in my order. And she's not, it's not because she's worried about being in contact, although we're still obviously dealing with a little bit of that, but it's because she found another way to engage in commerce. And that's not going to change whether the pandemic's here or not. So I think so many more retailers in home improvement have realized that the, the playing field is different now than it was two years ago. And, and, and your last comment there, again, is something else that I think is so important to realize. We're talking about commerce. We spend a lot of times talking about 
omni-channel or online versus brick and mortar, but the customers see it as I'm doing business with Dan's hardware or Renee's do it best or whatever it is. And, and they just want to be able to engage however they engage with all the retailers that they choose. So right now is the time when independent retailers really need to be looking in earnest on how do I expand my presence in this area. And from a perspective of not do I need to do it to keep up or be competitive, but also with that eye towards, hey, this could be an advantage for me. Wouldn't you agree that this could likely be an advantage for independent retailers as well? Oh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that this is a huge advantage for independent retailers. I think the pandemic, Dan, I think that did pull ahead some things that we were already seeing in sure. trends anyway in terms of customer demand. Uh, but but we were heading down this path already. I appreciate what you said. Now we have two things in common. We have music and guitars in common and, and wives that declared that they're never going into a grocery store Right again. Uh, same thing during the pandemic, especially at the time, Theo, our little one was only three. And so it's hard going to a grocery store with a three-year-old and she found a click list and never went back. Right. Uh, you know, and I'm glad you brought up, I'm glad you brought up grocery because I want to I want to talk about now this is just my opinion on this but I mm -hmm. think if you compare the hardware industry to the grocery industry hardware is positioned very well with groceries. Right. The last time I went into a grocery store there were more people that worked in the store pulling orders than shoppers yeah. for those curbside deliveries for those local deliveries. And to me, I sit back on, well, what's the, what's the impact to those impulse items? What are those, what is the impact to an Oreo? Right. Because I never intentionally go out to buy Oreos, but when I see them, when I'm walking through the store, they'll find their way into my yeah. cart. <laughs> so you think about grocery and the consumer's behaviors in that industry. And I think the grocery stores are, are having to do e-commerce because they don't have a choice. Their consumers have changed so much, they don't have a choice. But I bet if you asked them, they're not really thrilled about it because they've lost those add-on opportunities. Right. I don't see that in hardware. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of the pandemic, yes, there was a lot of curbside effort. And boy, all independent retailers moved quickly on that. But now... There's been some some regression there. People are coming into the stores generally. And so I think that is going to be an opportunity for, for sure. independent retailers to work on service, to work on those uh, add-on sales opportunities. So it's not just we lost our impulse items due to, to curbside. Because I think, I think consumers have changed uh, in one big aspect. I don't even think it's convenience. I think it's time. So through the pandemic, like many others, so I should even say this, Dan, I traveled for the last five years. So I don't like, I don't like to go out to eat very often. We, I right. like to eat at home with my family. <laughs> yeah, but you. during the pandemic, we didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. We had to eat at home and then we had to rely 
on carryout. Well, this weekend we went and the kids want to do an indoor trampoline park. We did that on Saturday. And then we went to a local Chinese restaurant for the first meal in forever that we sat in a restaurant and it took forever. Yeah. And I said to my wife, this is why I love carryout. It's that value of time. And that I don't think is going back. I think consumers have changed fundamentally on that. And so I, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting opportunity for the coupling of retail folks in-person transactions with online. Well, I, and I think there's a couple other things that are interesting when you look at kind of our industry versus grocery, some similarities and some differences, is that I think when you look at shopping for consumers and home improvement. If you look at the players out there in home improvement right now who drive a lot of business through e-commerce, and that would be your big boxes, you know, Home Depot and Lowe's, they sure. mostly focus on kind of those big ticket purchases. And, and I would encourage anybody who's a retailer in this industry, go shop Home Depot's website, go shop Lowe's, Lowe's website to learn about it. And what you find is if you're gonna go buy a washing machine, or a refrigerator, or something that you, you really know what you're looking for. Those websites work great. But what are most of the things we're selling through independent store? We're selling projects. And that's where kind of that e-commerce model that Home Depot has breaks down is because it's really difficult to shop a project. It's difficult to think about, well, I need this, I need this, but I also need these little kind of things to fill in for the project. And that's kind of what grocery stores have done well, is you're buying items, you know, and, and, and really kind of getting down to that granular level. But where independents have an opportunity, I think, is exactly what you said, which is a little different, is I, it, either the store has bananas or they don't have bananas. And, and I know I want bananas, but a lot of times with home improvement, if you're thinking, I want to buy something that's going to take care of the brown spots on my lawn. You think you might know, but a lot of times you still have to have that last minute sort of in interaction at the store level where, where you want that confirmation to be able to talk to someone and say, hey, I, I ordered this online and I'm picking it up from you. This is the right stuff, right? This is what I need to do this. And so there's a great example of how I think independents have an opportunity to leverage this and say, yeah. We're still more convenient if you order online and if you come into the store to get it. We can help you there. Um, so, so again, for everybody that's worried about, I mean, yes, retailers have to catch up. They have to find scale. They have to do all those sorts of things. There are still so many opportunities where the independent can fit nicely in this kind of new retail equation. So let me ask you, Nick, where do you think right now, just as your assessment, where do you see independent home improvement rate retailers? Where do they currently stand when it comes to kind of online retailing e-commerce? Well, I can tell you it's like anything else, Dan. There's a spectrum. Yeah. And there are folks that operate exceptionally well. It is in the fabric of who they are. And there are some that have the opportunity for improvement. And there are some that haven't even started yet. So it's right. kind of kind of all over the spectrum. And you know, that could be for various for various reasons. You know, you mentioned the brown spots on on your lawn. Yeah. And I was thinking as you were talking, like who in your mind when you're going through that scenario, who's the consumer? What what is the generation or age demographic right. that you're that you're thinking through? 
Because what I've heard, at least from some of our members, is, well, that consumer isn't my consumer hmm. because my consumers aren't millennials. Hmm. Now, millennials are 41 years old and younger. And so the first premise is, well, if you think millennials aren't your customer, they are. Right. And they're in some good earning years. They're buying homes. They're doing projects. Yeah, they're having projects done for them too, but they're still doing projects because there's never been an easier time right. than to get your phone out and check for YouTube or Google something on how to do a home project. So the first part is even if you don't think your customers millennials, they are. And not just millennials are buying online. Oh, Every wow. age right now is buying online. So I think that's an obstacle we got to get through uh, folks' heads that that it's, it's a broad change to consumer behavior. It's not narrowly focused. Well, I think, Nick, I've heard that same kind of reaction from people who say, oh, my customers aren't shopping online or... And I guess my initial reaction is, so who are going to be your customers in two years and three years and five years? And do you want to spend right now training them to go somewhere else? Do you want to spend the next two or three years training them to go to homedepot.com to, to make their purchases or Amazon? Because you're not going to be willing to open your brand to uh, a shopping experience for them. So I, I think it's a little bit, I hear it as well, and I think it's a little bit short-sighted of an approach for, for anybody who runs a retail business to say, my current customers who might be between, you know, more, more my age group and higher, I mean, I, I'm not a millennial. I shop a lot online. I already, we already <laughs> I talked about our wives. My wife, uh, hopefully she won't listen to this, but she's certainly not a millennial, um, and, and, and so again, I think that's a very short sighted and, and those kind of views give me a little bit of concern about, uh, where we are headed, but, you know, you see that as one obstacle to overcome that this obstacle of maybe I don't think I need this. Um, and mm. I think that's somewhat dwindling, but it's still out there. What are some of the other obstacles that you think independent home improvement retailers are wrestling with right now as it relates to? How do I start this? How do I expand into this area? How do I, I, even if the ones who believe wholeheartedly that they need to be there, what, what are some of the things that you think are stopping them? I mentioned pull ahead demand right. earlier. And as you're asking that question, I'm thinking, so what, what is the biggest thing keeping members or retail, independent retailers from doing this? I think it's just the speed of business today. There has been pull ahead demand years worth that the independent retailers have had, they've sprinted for almost two years to the day, Dan. It's, it's the end of February right now. It's been almost two years of running a, a, a marathon, but you're doing it as a sprint and you don't ever get to the end of the day and get closer to that finish line. So I just think the business demands today, it's very easy to just be looking down because there's a lot of business. So I think that would be one. I mentioned the the not my consumer is two. I would say fear of perfection yeah. being one. I've talked to several uh, independent retailers and I get it. 
they've made their business on executing with excellence in everything that they do. And if they're not quite ready, or if they don't feel like they're quite ready for this, it's like, well, I don't want to go out there and, 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 and try this if it's not going to be perfect. And, and then I guess the fourth would be, it's just a different way to do business. Mm-hmm. And it involves a lot of areas in, in your company. So they could be operations or advertising, strategic planning, customer service. There's just a lot to go into it. It's not just adding one program or adding a new yeah. set adjacent category. There, this is a pretty all encompassing deal that you have to do for your business. So I would say those four things. Yeah. And, and I definitely hear those same kind of sentiments. I think that a couple of those um, that I find very interesting are this fear, uh, sort of fear of perfection, where unless I can have this right and perfect the day we launch it, then I want to avoid it. And sometimes you just got to get the boat out in the water and see what happens, you know, and and this need to feel like we have this perfect scenario could could uh, obviously become a hindrance or an obstacle. And, and the other thing, which can oftentimes, I think, be the most difficult uh, challenge to overcome is this mindset, the mindset that I can't get my head around how e-commerce works and all the things that we're going to have to do. And, and so I'll just kind of not do, I'll just avoid doing it because I can't get my arms around the fact that retail has changed and consumer retailer interactions are different right now. And, and obviously one kind of overarching thing is this concept of scale is I have one, two, three, four, whatever it is, number of stores how do I ever get to the point where I can handle some of the backend needs or, or, or really even understand uh, strategy or what direction I need to go? And obviously, that's where some of these retailers or most of the independent retailers have been so successful over the past three decades of working with their distribution partners like Do It Best. So, so let me transition and talk a little bit about what are you guys doing? What's kind of in the works to for do it best to kind of help overcome some of these challenges uh, that we just talked about? What role are you guys playing in, in the future of that? Yeah, it, before I go into that, that's a really good question, but I want to go back to the perfection because as you were talking, I was it, it's it's an interesting time where you think about, well, customers' expectations are high. So if I don't hit it out of the park, I'm letting them down. Right. But I'll throw this out there. I mean, not to keep picking on groceries, but man, it, you can't find Cheerios when you go in the store right now. I, that It's craziness. <laughs> and so although you do think you need to have perfection in these areas, there's actually probably not ever been a better time where if you don't hit the mark with consumers, just have a plan in place yeah. to deal with the problem. Don't let perfection get in the way. What's do it best at doing about it? Well, we're always trying to be easy to do business with. We're always trying to strive for that. And we've we've been known, Dan, I'm sure you've picked up on this over time to kind of be the menus, not mandates. 
company. We, we, we right. go out and we give a lot of options. Yeah. One thing in this particular area that we're going to be doing is being more prescriptive because of what you said. There are a lot of demands on the business and we need to make this exceptionally easy for our, our members, independent retailers to, to embrace this. Our members, we love their independence. They love their independence. That what's makes, that's what makes them great. But I believe in this particular area, Dan, we need to provide guidance, direction, yeah. and support to help make it easy for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, almost serving as a little bit of a, um, oh, psycho spiritual guide is what a lot of retailers need is just understanding, hey, we can help you kind of overcome some of these challenges, but we can also help talk you through how to go from where you are today and the steps along the way. I mean, you know, as you were talking about this concept of perfection, one of the bits of advice that I like to pass along is take whatever size bites you're comfortable with. If mm -hmm. you have to start small or start slower, that's fine. Take those smaller bites, but you're moving along, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're progressing to where you think you need to be. Because it could be very daunting or difficult to say, I want to be able to flip a switch in the next three months where I'm going to be offering, offering 60,000 products online, deliver to home, buy online, pick up in store, all those kind of, you know, it, it could be a very daunting sort of thing. And, and so for retailers just to have someone who could partner with them and say, hey, we could talk you through the steps you need to take can be a really big advantage. Yeah, every marathon begins with the first step, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, earlier on, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the the, the concept of, of the, the pandemic being kind of like this accelerator and, and moved the needle um, amongst a lot of retailers on this even concept of adopting e-commerce. Um, are, are you guys seeing and have you seen over the last two years more of your members reaching out saying, hey, we know we need to do this and we need to get on board. Is it, it, I mean, is that also kind of what's accelerating do it best in kind of kind of developing plans and strategy to help retailers? I mean, have you really seen that on the ground? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen that. There's there's no question that the the mentality has changed from is this something we need to do to we know we need to do this. I still think the opportunity lies in the, so help me get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, when it comes to helping them get there and, and, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier as well, as far as one of the things that has made independent retailers successful is their ability to adapt their operations to kind of the unique needs of their markets. Um, you know, unlike a big box that drops a 200,000 square foot and their assortments are going to be 99% the same in Amarillo, Texas, as they are in, you know, Honolulu, Hawaii, independent retailers can really kind of transform and shift and, and have that agility to meet market needs. How do you see that strength kind of translating to this new kind of retail concept that includes uh, e-commerce? One of the areas I think that they typically do that too is in the area of community needs it could be it could be what kind of items merchandise are they selling to support the community uh, but it could also be if there's some sort of a disaster and they're doing 
you know, bucket drives where they're filling yeah. five gallon buckets up and they're super nimble when it comes to that. They're great at that. This is where I think the e-commerce comes in is, is the idea of this cannot be viewed as a program, right? This has to be viewed the same as what you would view on your sales floor. You'll move things around on your sales floor for the opportunities that present themselves in your market. You need to be thinking about your whole business that way. And how do we move things around because e-commerce needs to come in? Uh, it, it just cannot be some other thing that they offer. Yeah, it's not, you know, I've talked about it before too, that it's not, it's not a different thing from what they're doing. It's not a bolt on kind of that you would make to your operation. It needs to be kind of a holistic change yes. in the way you're offering service to the market. And absolutely. And, and that's one of those things that is kind of part of that mindset. So, so in addition to kind of thinking more holistically, what kind of advice would you kind of give to independent retailers who are listening to the program as it relates to those kind of first steps and their need for developing some kind of online e-commerce strategy? Yeah. So, uh, Dan, I'm, I'm Italian. I grew up watching one of the best movie franchises in modern film history, Rocky. Okay. Oh, Have you ever seen the Rocky movies? Absolutely. So Rocky three is with, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone is, is Rocky Balboa, but he has Apollo Creed who used to be his rival and is now training him. And uh, Apollo or Rocky had just gotten through. He lost his former manager to the hands of Clubber Lang, the bad guy in Rocky three and Apollo's training him, and Rocky just won't get there. He just won't do it. He, he has his mental block. And yeah. one of the best lines is uh, Apollo says to Rocky during training, what's your problem? And Rocky just says tomorrow. Yeah. And Apollo retorts, there is no tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what I'm thinking about is you ask that question. Yeah. Don't wait. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. It's not going to get less important. This isn't going to go away. You're never going to hit perfection. Just take the first step and do it right now. Yeah. And, and just a few short years ago, we used to say that, listen, you have some time to develop your strategy and, and kind of get on board. But I, I am so on board with that statement is that there, there isn't a tomorrow, guys. You've got to start this today. Um, at least start thinking about it and reaching out. And, and if you're overwhelmed, that's when you turn to, to companies like do it best and say, what, what, how could you guys help us get there? Or what steps do I need to take that next? But I'm sure you guys in working with retailers have also kind of learned from some mistakes. What are the kind of typical mistakes that you think retailers are making when it comes to moving online or developing their online e-com strategies? What are some of those things that, again, as kind of second part of advice you could give to our listeners that say, hey, here's what you can learn from? Yeah, it's that holistic comment that you made earlier, Dan. It's really thinking about it in that way. So what are the areas of your operations right now that are cannot fail? So is it, these are just a handful. I'm sure you've seen these when you go into a, a independent retailer, greeting customers when they enter, 
escorting them to the product as quickly as possible, not just pointing or saying down an aisle, inquiring about the project that they're working on, help them build the list, upsell, add drive on, add on sales to drive additional sales, asking about a loyalty program or giving correct change. Yeah. Okay. Those are cannot fail. Last mile. And when I say last mile, that's either in-store pickup or local delivery if you offer it. It must be thought through in that same exact way as those other items I just mentioned, those cannot fail items. The same rigor needs to be applied to this area to ensure customers' expectations are met. And if they aren't, they're handled appropriately, timely, and satisfactorily. So if, if you're doing an e-commerce order and it's coming in, let's say it's coming in next Wednesday, and it and that product is sitting in your back room, you got to get it in. You got to make sure the customer's notified because they're waiting for that. Right. And if you don't do that on Wednesday and it's Thursday or Friday or worse, that customer has had a horrible last mile experience. We got to make sure that those kind of mistakes uh, are, are prevented if at all possible. And like I said, if not, then they're handled appropriately. There's a way out of that. And then I would also say, and, and I wouldn't want to put this on there uh, just because I, I have seen this, but inventory integrity yeah. and, and, and accuracy of data is something else. That would be something that because we're busy, we, we might not have been as religious as we could have been or should have been. That's something that you, you need to get on right, right away. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, there's also seems to be, you had referenced, uh, curbside pickup earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a great success story that we saw out of independent retailers during the last two years on the home improvement front is, Three or four months into the pandemic, we had done research at NHPA asking retailers, independent home improvement retailers, how they had responded. And within just a few months, like something on the order of, I think it was 66% or 68% had added curbside service. And what was amazing to me was this quick, this was before the big boxes had come close to figuring out how to do it. And what we learned was a lot of retailers were able to do it with a marriage to online commerce, but a lot of retailers did it the old fashioned way and said, here's my cell phone number. Call me, tell me what you need. We'll write it down on a pad and we'll and text me when you're here and I'll come out and bring it to you. And that resourcefulness of the independent retailer to be able to solve this problem and implement whatever level of technology they were comfortable with in solving this problem just speaks volumes to the independent retailer's ability to adapt. And how how key that is in an environment like this where things have changed so rapidly. So that gives me such optimism at how I think independent retailers with help from companies like you guys are going to be able to embrace this new era of online commerce. Let me ask you, how optimistic are you about the ability for independent retailers to kind of not just embrace this, but also really truly make the most of it? Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, Dan. The the entrepreneurial spirit that I saw in the independent retailers coming out of the, right in the first part of the pandemic, especially, yeah. was it was amazing. We deal with some of the best independent retailers, some of the best businesses, just wonderful business people, and they've proven time again the resourcefulness. 
Yeah. And and I so I'm very optimistic on it. The the one word I want to make sure I call out though is I I don't think we should be viewed as just a way to retain your customer, right. more defensive in nature, uh, but also take the opportunity to play some offense. Oh, for you sure. got let's play offense on this and let's really go hit it because we can be more nimble than some of our large competitors. Yeah, and that's one of those advantages that 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 agility and the ability to be nimble that that independent retailers have used uh, certainly the last thirty years to outmaneuver their competitors. So so I would agree with you that that is something. And and you're one hundred percent right. I am all about do not talk about surviving. Do not talk about how can we possibly compete. Talk about how can we win, and and that's a big difference. So I'm glad you brought that up. What do you think things are going to look like? I mean, <laughs> who would have thought two or three years ago we would be where we are with a lot of things at retail, but leave everything else aside. Where do you think we're going to be talking about this issue three years, five years down the road as it relates to online and e-commerce and, and just changes at retail in general? Yeah, that, that time frame is an interesting one. So five years, five years, it's, o- it's over. Yeah. In this space, it's over. When I think of e-commerce, uh, I don't think in five years it will be viewed as a different alternative way. Yeah. I think that'll be long forgotten. And really, it's going to come down to what camp are you going to be in? Mm-hmm. For those that have already embraced it, they've seen it, and they're going to continue to communicate well to customers. They're going to reach their customers differently through electronic advertising. They're going to change their business practices to achieve that last mile promise. They're going to use data analytics, make sure their inventory integrity is great, and they're going to see the results. And those that haven't embraced it today, that intend to in the next three to five years, there's work to do. But like we said, don't let perfection stand in the way, get started. And then those that unfortunately choose not to embrace it at all, Dan, I'd be interested in your thoughts, but yeah. I would say I'm concerned in that yeah. in that camp, and I would I'd say reconsider because I think I think relevancy is going to be called into question at that at that point probably sooner. Well, you know, and when I get the opportunity to to speak to groups, and and I know I've said this at your your guys' events in the past is. If you think that you don't need this online presence, if you think that your customers don't require this or so on, I always say, you know, when I'm talking to a crowd live, uh, when you come to town, if you're new to, if you're coming into the do it best market and you're coming into Indianapolis and you want to go out for a nice meal in a new town, what is the first thing you do right now? You take out your phone and you start looking up Italian restaurants or, or something like that. And that is, I don't care if you're 25 or 65, that's what you're doing. Um, and if you can't connect with the fact that that has just changed, then then you've really got your head in the sand. And and I am 100% in agreement with you is that if you have your head in the sand right now as a retailer and don't think that you need to be looking at e-commerce and don't think that you need to be expanding the borders of your business beyond brick and mortar, I am very concerned about you. And I am concerned about the future of your business. And, and perhaps it's time to start getting some other opinions on what you should be doing. 
And, and I don't think, frankly, that this assertion that my current customers don't want it is enough because those current customers aren't going to be there forever. And you certainly want your business to be around. Yeah. If, if you are not participating online and don't intend to, you've taken yourself out of the consideration set. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, because you're right. You go online, you're checking it out first, and there's trust that's developed there. There's actually a relationship being felt there by your customer to not even be there. Right. It, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to to ever get that back. Yeah. And and if you're not present, you don't exist. And yep. if you're going to rely on someone driving by and saying, Hey, I might want to check out Dan's hardware. Uh, you know, I'm concerned for you. That's the polite way to put it. Um, uh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the program. Any other thoughts that you have for our listeners or retailers specifically out there? Well, first of all, Dan, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you uh, in this in this podcast. We've done numerous podcasts here the last couple of years, just trying to get information out to members as fast as possible. So I appreciate the uh, preparation that's needed for something like this and certainly appreciate the invite. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, this is this is real meaningful change, not just for Do It Best, but for all independent retailers. And I look at, at the opportunity to work to help members have relevance in the future, continued relevance in the future, continued success yeah. in the future. And, and I couldn't be more excited about it uh, I would just end with this, Dan. You just got to do it. Yeah. You just got to do it. Don't wait. There is no tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. Today. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much. Congratulations on the new role. I know you're going to be busy. And and I also have somewhere in the back of my mind that, that this probably, while it's your first visit to the podcast, will not be your last because I know at NHPA, this is one of our kind of soapbox issues, e-commerce and getting getting that adoption rate up and helping retailers navigate that. So we'd love to have you back down the road and, and learn more about what Do It Best is doing to create some success stories out there for its members. Uh, always, thank you so much for giving us your time and always appreciate your involvement with the podcast. Thank you, sir. Did you know that NHPA has a marketplace for buying and selling independent home improvement stores and posting jobs? The NHPA Retail Marketplace is the best option for whatever step you may be taking with your business. If you're looking to fill key positions in your operation, expanding your business to more locations, or looking for an exit strategy, the Marketplace can help you reach the industry's 40,000 retailers who are highly motivated and well-versed in home improvement retailing. And now, through March 31st, you can save 25% on any listing option. Learn more or get your listing today at yournhpa.org marketplace.